So I went and did a seven day a week podcast, 30 episodes per month. I did the first and only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. So I just went all in. I quote unquote made more friends. So now over the course of a year, I've, I've interviewed 365 people, many of whom have become my friends, all of whom have become part of my network. That was the key to my success. Today's episode is sponsored by The Artist Incubator. If you want to accelerate your art sales, I can show you how. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz, B-I-Z, to apply for a free profit planning session and learn more about working with me. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hey there, art lover. This is Miriam Shulman, Chief Inspiration Officer and host of the Inspiration Place podcast. You're listening to episode 131. Shout outs to my new listeners in Malaysia. I am so grateful that you're here. Today, we're talking all about the common path to uncommon success. In this episode, you'll discover why either you control your schedule or your schedule controls you, why selling art is like playing golf, and why being a perfectionist is just another word for being a coward. I want to give you a little heads up. So I'm releasing this podcast on a Tuesday, as I always do, and I'm actually putting out two podcasts this week. So you're going to have a bonus episode tomorrow. My guest tomorrow, Selena Sue, is the premier expert in teaching others how to get publicity. And she has coached me how to land some major opportunities. As of this recording, I just got word that a major publication wants to feature me. I don't want to say what it is just in case. I don't want to jinx it. I am vibrating on that positivity of it happening. But I want to make sure you knew that there is an episode coming out tomorrow. You know, now more than ever with people with COVID and people being at home, they want to beautify their environments with art, right? They are looking to, you know, invest in things that bring them joy. There are more people looking for what you have to offer, but they're not going to know that you exist unless you find ways to proactively put yourself out there. I just encourage people to really think about, you know, maybe where they're holding themselves back and like think about the small steps that they can take to start being more seen. So Selena Sue, watch out for that. She's also going to be releasing some live training to help you get started. If you haven't yet grabbed her free getting started guide for publicity, that is shulmanart.com forward slash pitch or tune in tomorrow to learn more about Selena Sue. So today's guest is actually a friend of hers. They both live in Puerto Rico. And the other reason I want to mention that is if you tune in tomorrow, Selena is also going to tell you how you can qualify to enter to win a free trip to Puerto Rico to meet today's guest and Selena. And if you win, guess what? I'll be hanging out with you as well. So make sure you don't miss tomorrow's bonus 
podcast on publicity. She'll be sharing her tips for getting publicity, even if you're a shy introvert and you don't feel comfortable in the spotlight. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Today's guest is kind of a big deal. He's the founder and host of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. With over a million monthly listens and seven figures of annual revenue, he's spreading entrepreneurial fire on a global scale. His first traditionally published book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, is available for pre-order now at UncommonSuccessBook.com. We are so excited to welcome to the Inspiration Place, John Lee Dumas. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Miriam, I am fired up to be here. I mean, the fact that you read this whole book of mine is just so kind of you, and I can't wait to have a very helpful discussion for anybody listening. Well, one thing I'd love to dive in right away is I really liked your chapter about how you get things done and about blocking out time. And it was like, yeah, the only reason I was able to read your book is because I actually put on my calendar yesterday at 10 o'clock, prepare for the interview, and then an hour today, prepare for the interview. And I figure I would just get through as much of the book as I could, but I actually did read the whole thing. Yay. So awesome. (laughs) Sometimes I pretend I've read most of it, like with my guests, if I don't Hey, it's a big commitment. I mean, it took me 480 hours to write this book. So it doesn't, you know, break my heart when people aren't able to read the whole thing in one sitting. So thank you for doing that. Well, I was looking at it from a few angles. First, I'm always reading books when I'm going to interview someone with the podcast. Like, well, what are the takeaways for my artist listeners? So artists are always entrepreneurs if they want to sell their exactly. art. We will get into that. But the other angle I was looking at is I just got an offer for representation from a literary agent and I'm writing my own book. So I was like really looking at it from like the engineering point of view, like how was the book outlined and how was it put together? I was like, oh, this is, this is good. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. No, it's what I consider the revolutionary 17 step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. So if that's interesting to you, I would follow in Miriam's footsteps and read this book. Oh, it's very good. I mean, you cover everything that I would like want my audience to hear, like get a mentor, right? which we hope is me, join a mastermind, <laughs> yep. which we hope is mine. Yes, of course. But then we're going to talk about some of those other things. So let's get right to it because I know you're short of time. John is on a podcast tour and he's normally giving host 15 minutes, but I, I get a double scoop, which is super She's fun. special. Yeah. Well, I, I know the right people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this. When I started my journey before I got a podcast, I hired Jason Van Orden as my mentor. And that's when I learned how to podcast. And I really related to the part of the book when you said in August how you didn't want to launch. And I had that same exact conversation with Jason. I was like, this is a really bad time. Nobody listens to podcasts in August. Shouldn't I wait till September? We come up with all the excuses. You know, We want to live in what I call pre-launch falsehood, where we're just like, you know what? As long as I'm in this pre-launch mode, this might work when it launches. It might not work, but it might work. And then when you launch and it actually goes out to the world, you are going to know for sure if this works. And that is scary for a lot of people, myself included. Understandably why. Yeah, well, it's always perfect in your mind. But the words that you don't say are not better than the words that you do. I mean, there's no point. (laughs) Yeah, that's why one of my chapters literally is just launch. Like when you get to this step in the process, you must launch. 
Now, for my listeners who are artists, the question that I'm always getting asked is, how do you get started? And I always recognize there's like a fear in that question because I can tell them steps one through a hundred. And it's really that step zero of making the decision that you're going to do something that I almost can't help them with. It's like, that's a mindset shift that you're going to do it regardless of whether, no matter how messy it's going to be, what kinds of mistakes you're going to be, and if you're going to trip on step two or six or whatever. So yeah, I really liked that part. Okay, so let's dive in because I only like feel pressured to get all my questions in. I could ask a lot of more questions than I have here. I'll be here. very concise. Okay, <laughs> no, you don't have to be. So why is sales like golf? <laughs> Now you know I got to the end of the book. <laughs> oh man. So listen, sales is like golf because listen, when you actually, you know, get up and take a swing, whether you're Tiger Woods or whether you're literally hitting a golf ball for your first time, you have a chance of just hitting an amazing drive, an amazing shot, like right down that fairway. But you have just as good of an opportunity to shank it, to slice it to the left, to chop it to the right. I mean, it literally is one of those things where that perfect golf swing will elude you. And that's what keeps people coming back for more. Because if it was easy, guess what? Everybody would be doing it. And then they would get bored because everybody's perfect at this game. And then they no longer do it. But people play this game for life because guess what? It is always going to be challenging. They are always going to have terrible days. And then they're going to hit that one beautiful, perfect shot. And it's all going to make up for that. And that's you know what sales can be too. You can make 100 sales calls and they can all be terrible. But you make that you know, 101st sales call and it's that right person at that right time in life and boom, it can change everything. And I like to say, it only takes one great idea, one great sales call, one great anything to make or break your trajectory in life. For me, my one great idea that I've had was this daily podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. I haven't had any great ideas since then. The simple answer to that as to why is, hey, every other idea that, that's gone into my business has not been my idea. It's been my audience's idea. It's been me saying, I launched this daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. Awesome. Like That was me. Then I grew an audience from that podcast that I then turned to and I say, what is your biggest struggle right now? And they tell me what their biggest struggle is. And then Miriam, I create the solution. So they tell me what my next idea is going to be because I can't come up with it myself because I'm not in their shoes. I want to serve them, not what I think they want. I want to serve them what I know they want. And then I create solutions to their struggles in the form of products, of services, of courses, of one-on-one coaching, of masterminds, You know things that you have offers as well. That's how I win. Now, I just want to relate this back to my artists out there who are selling goods like art, paintings, things like that. I'm always telling them that the only way you can start making your art more marketable is by putting it out there and having those conversations. So you won't know that somebody likes your, I'm just going to make this up, likes your paintings of butterflies, but really wants it in purple. Unless you are out there putting it out in the world, it's fastest when you can have these conversations in person. But when you can't, if you can still talk to your collector base as much as possible, you're not going to know unless you you are always getting this feedback from them. Yeah. And let me give you four quick questions whenever you're having those conversations to ask your collector base that are so critical. I've already touched on the last one, which we'll get to in a second. But number one, always ask them, like, first, how are you first exposed to my work? Like, how did you hear about my work? How did you find my art for the first time? Because you'll start to understand how people are actually finding you, how they're actually 
actually coming across your art. And guess what? Then you can do more of those things. Like you can actually retrace those steps. Number two, you have to like literally ask them, what specifically do you like about this? So you can get an understanding about what they like. Ask them what they don't like. And by the way, when one person says what they don't like, you just, that could be an anomaly. So you don't make any changes. You're just like, okay, that's one person's opinion. But if a theme develops over time where the person's saying, you're hearing the same kind of dislikes over and over again, then maybe you do have to make an internal shift. Then the last thing, which again, we've mentioned is, what is your biggest struggle right now? Because when you can start to learn what your audience is, your clients, your art collector's biggest struggle is, you can start to provide the solution to them. And your solution might be a specific piece of art, might be a referral to somebody else's art that you can then get a commission on for that referral. And like, there can be so many different things when you ask the right questions. That's so important. The other really beautiful truth bomb that you dropped in here, the book is great. We're going to get into more about all the different steps. One of the things that I thought was really helpful for my audience is that sometimes they'll complain to me. I'm going to try to cue this up for you so you know exactly what to say. They'll complain to me, only my friends buy my art. In the knowledge section, you have a little truism about that. And I'm, I'm just going to quote it back just in case you don't know what I'm talking about. And then you will elaborate. So you say, all things being equal, people buy from their friends. So make more friends. <laughs> so I have this section at the end of the book. It's chapter 18, which is a bonus section. It's called The Well of Knowledge. And this is what Miriam's pulling some things from. Now, this well of knowledge. This is a compilation of a decade of me collecting what I think are the most brilliant, inspirational, motivational truisms that I've come across as an entrepreneur interviewing over 3,000 of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. The reality at the end of the day is this. It's like you need to be fully immersed in your craft, fully immersed in your art. There's going to be you know, so many limitations you're putting on yourself when you're living in a limiting world. like That was one of the things that I wanted to do with my podcast. Back in 2012, Miriam, everybody was doing a once a week podcast, once per week. So they were getting four episodes per month. I was like, I need more swings of the bat. I need more immersion. I need to surround myself with more of these amazing entrepreneurs than just four people a month. So I went and did a seven-day-a-week podcast, 30 episodes per month. I did the first and only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. So I just went all in. I, quote-unquote, made more friends. So now, over the course of a year, I've, I've interviewed 365 people, many of whom have become my friends, all of whom have become part of my network. That was the key to my success. I simply made more friends. I was putting in 10x the amount of work, the amount of quantity, that anybody else was doing. And I wonder if you actually saw this part of the book because I know it's you know 273 pages. No, I read and it you, quickly. <laughs> you know, you read it quickly. But this was actually, to me, I think it's specific to your audience. So I found this fascinating. So there's this you know arts teacher at a really great liberal arts college. He gets in front of the class and it's a pottery class. And he's like, hey, you are going to be creating pottery throughout this semester. Everybody on the right side of the class you are going to be judged on just your single best piece of pottery, just one piece. I'm going to grade you F to A. If it's a great piece of pottery, it's going to be an A. If it's bad, it's an F. People on the left side of the classroom, you are just going to be graded on the quantity. I don't care if you have 
the worst piece of pottery at the end of the semester, as long as you have a hundred of them, you're getting an A. If you have 10 of them, you're getting an F. I just want you to make pots and make pots and make pots. That's it. Pottery, 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 pottery. And so that's exactly what happens over that semester. Of course, the people on the left-hand side, they were just like making pots, doing this, doing that, just throwing them out and putting them into a big pile just because they knew they were just going to get graded on quantity. But people on the right side, we're just trying to make that one perfect pottery piece. And they weren't doing that many. They were just to make one perfect one. At the end of the semester, like it wasn't even close. The people who are trying to make one piece of pottery had only made a couple because they're trying to perfect it. And it was crap. They weren't putting in the reps. The people on the right, not only had they done a hundred pots, by the way, the first 50 of which sucked, but something changed. By the end, they were putting in the reps. And even despite themselves, most of them didn't even care they were getting good at making pots. They were getting good at this thing called pottery. And their finished product was both beautiful and amazing because they put in the reps. And that's what I do with podcasting. I put in the reps. And I know that that's what so many of your audience has done in their world is they put in the reps to become amazing at what they do. They put in their 10,000 plus hours of doing their thing. But now you have to do that in other parts of your business if you're going to win at a high financial level, because that's what this book is. It's a 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. I don't want you to be a starving artist anymore. I don't want you to be a broke artist anymore. I want you to be financially free and fulfilled so you can wake up every single morning doing what you love. And by the way, that means putting in the reps in every part of your business in life. So John, what is your favorite step in the 17-step roadmap? Oh, you went to one of my questions. Interesting. (laughs) So not even a close second. My favorite step is step seven, chapter seven, creating a content production plan. That was my favorite chapter. That was 13,500. I loved that chapter. It was so good. That chapter alone is a business book. This book- No, it was. If you don't read the whole book, just skip there. It's beautiful. Read the whole book. Don't listen to me. <laughs> listen, this is 71,000 words. I read the whole book in two hours. Everybody <laughs> could read the book. It's 71,000 words. The average chapter is 3,500 words. Chapter seven's 13,500. It mm. is a beast. It could be a business book by itself. If you read this chapter, your head will pop off. So go in the corner, pick it up, put it back on your head, and then sit down and implement these steps. This is why Entrepreneurs on Fire, my business, has been making multiple millions of dollars a year for eight years in a row. And we're talking net profit. I'm not talking just gross revenue, like whatever that even means. I'm talking money in the bank after expenses, after taxes, net profits over $2 million a year for eight years running because of this chapter. Because my content production plan is flawless and yours needs to be too. And believe me, if you're sitting there, and again, you're an artist, This applies 100% to you. So 100%. I was going through that thing and I was checking off some boxes and then there were others was like, yeah, I could be better. You know, like that's why I said, I was looking at this book from like three angles. One was like, what are my listeners interested in? How do I write a book as good as this? And then the third was like, how could I be a better business person? And it was like, it was all there. Hey, by the way, I wanted to make sure you knew that there are maybe one or two spots open inside my mastermind. As of this recording, there are nine spots gone. So hopefully when you're listening to this, there are one or two spots left if you're interested in accelerating your art sales, making more money from your art, 
finding focus and learning how to be more productive in managing the business side of your art, I can help you. I've showed other artists and I can show you how to do it too. If you're disappointed with your current art sales and you've been listening to this podcast, you found my tips helpful. Let's take the next logical step and work together on a deeper level. The Artist Incubator Program is for emerging and professional artists who are ready to invest in their art career. If you want to join this dynamic community who are all striving to do the same, go to shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z biz to apply now. Now back to the show. Okay, so the next question I'm going to ask with a little bit of a twist. Cool. So the canned question is, why do most entrepreneurs fail? Don't answer it because I want to guess. It's either because they're not consistent or they're too caught up in perfectionism. Both of those things are true. It's not... Oh, it's neither of those though? I would consider the final answer. No, they're both true. There's there's so many reasons why entrepreneurs fail. Those two things are so true. I mean, the perfectionism thing, by the way, is a huge sticking point for me. As you saw in the book, I actually use the phrase, perfectionism sucks. And I want people to start substituting the word coward for perfectionism. Next time you're about to say, oh, I'm just a perfectionist. You need to just say, I'm a coward. Totally. It's a fancy name for fear. It's a fancy name for fear. It's a fancy name for being a coward. And guess what? That was me. I was hiding behind that word of perfectionism. That's why I didn't want to launch my podcast because it wasn't perfect. That wasn't the reason. It's because I was a coward. I was fearful. I was scared. And I just need to own up to that. And it's okay that I was scared. And it's okay that I was a coward. This is a scary thing, putting your voice, your message, your mission out to the world. So don't look at it like anything's wrong with you. You're a human being. You're going to feel those emotions. But I am digressing a little bit. I, I did want to say how right you are, though, about that perfectionism. It really fires me up because it just kills so many people's dreams. Again, because it's so fake. Like, no, you're not a perfectionist. You're a coward. Let's get over that now. Well, now that we've addressed it's, it. It's step zero. It's like, I can tell you all the steps and people say, yeah, but how do you start? <laughs> like, Wait, I just told you all the steps. This is how you start because this is where most entrepreneurs fail. This is actually going to be a lesser percentage, I believe, in your audience because of naturally what your audience is. But most entrepreneurs fail because they've never sat down in their life and identified their big idea. They've never sat down and and really thought about, hey, what is my actual zone of fire? And this probably happens to a lesser degree again in your audience, but like people are going to be in the art world. Let's just try to use this example. They're going to see this artist who's successful doing X, Y, or Z, whatever they're doing, they're having success with. And they're like, oh, they're having success with that. What if I did that? What if I was a pale, weak imitation of that artist? Then I can have success too. And of course, they don't and they fail because guess what? Nobody wants a pale, weak imitation of somebody else. Nobody wants the second best artist in that, the third best artist in this, the 10th best artist or creative, you know, whatever it might be in this. They want the best. And like I say, they want the best solution to a real problem that they have. And you can, again, apply that to your world. And you need to sit down and maybe for the first time in your life, truly identify, you know, not Miriam's big idea, not so-and-so's big idea, your big idea so that you can wake up every single morning and be in your zone of fire. That's what you need. And John, that totally happens all the time. And I didn't guess that, but what I see with a lot of artists is they are just trying to paint in somebody else's style. Yep. And you see this in the business space, you know, somebody starts a podcast and they sound exactly like 
Amy Porterfield, you know, the whole exact thing. Bye for now. You know, the whole thing has, and, and maybe I've had some influences from other people as well. And all of we us all have. have influences. We all have. But what I'll see in the art, particularly with painters, is I'll say, oh, yeah, she took a class with Mindy Lacefield or she took a class with this person because the art looks the same because they're not brave enough to be truly original yeah, with, with their time, art. We need to be fair, which I know we are being because we, we need people to hear the truth and I love that you're willing to speak the truth and that's so important with your show because sometimes I come on shows and I'm always speaking the truth and the host has a hard time because they're just too kind when it comes down to it but like our job <laughs> I'm is not, I'm, not I'm a New Yorker well, listen our job is not to be kind though that's no. not because what we're, our job is is to give you what you need to hear not what you want to hear if we're giving you what you want to hear you're just going to go off you know living the New Yorker life that you're you know potentially living right now but you know to be fair to this point we are all standing on the shoulders of giants. Like when I launched, I learned from people who came before me. I studied Oprah Winfrey. I studied Larry King. Like I studied all these great people. And of course, some of them, their influence was weaved into what I was doing. But my point on this matter, and this is what I need people to hear, is you have to find your soul, your individual voice, your big idea, your zone of fire as soon as possible. Whatever it takes to get going, take classes, study others, learn from them, stand on the shoulders of giants, but get to your zone of fire as soon as you can, because that's the only place you're going to win. I have 20 questions now that I'm going to skip over because I don't have time to ask you. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> they will have to read the book. But I do want to talk about your book launch because you have some crazy bonuses. So first of all, I am a journal junkie. I bought your podcast journal at Podcast Movement while I was, yeah, there it is. You know, I was standing there at the booth and they were showing to me, it was like, of course I'm buying it. Of course I am. So this is one of the bonuses, right? Just one of them. So I oh got five insane bonuses for people that actually take action and pre-order this book. The book comes out March 23rd. Don't wait till then. Pre-order this book because the bonuses are insane and they all disappear on March 23rd. So you will not have access to them. But as Miriam said, the podcast journal, it gets shipped to your door. The mastery journal, which I've created, it gets shipped to your door. This is mastering productivity, discipline, and focus, which a lot of artists need, believe me. Oh, and then yeah. the freedom journal, accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. This is an amazing journal. I'm shipping all three of these to your door on me. I'm losing money on every single pre-order. That's what I was like, how are you doing this? I'm, I'm losing money. But hey, I've been making millions of dollars a year for eight years now. Like This is an investment I'm willing to make to get this book in people's hands to make it a no-brainer. That's just one of five bonuses. There's four other insane bonuses. You can check them all out. UncommonSuccessBook.com. There's also endorsements from Gary Vaynerchuk, Neil Patel, Seth Godin, Eric Amandi, Dory Clark. Um, the entire bro marketing crowd. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a video of me describing the book, which is awesome. My jump in the pool with all my clothes on. Descriptions of all five bonuses right there. The first chapter right there, you can read it to see if you actually jive with my writing style. Uncommonsuccessbook.com. We will make sure that's linked in the show notes. I ordered the book. So I got it, the preview of it, but I ordered it before I even invited John onto the podcast. Uh -huh. And I've read the whole thing. You're going to love it. Uncommonsuccessbook.com. It's linked in the show notes, shulmanart.com forward slash 131. 
Don't forget, if you liked this episode, check out the Artist Incubator. It's my private coaching program for professional artists who want to take their art business to the next level. It's by application only. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz. That's B-I-Z. Okay, John, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? I want to drop a value bomb for your listeners. I'm rooting for you. That's not my value bomb. I just want you to know that I'm rooting for you. My value bomb is this. I needed to hear this quote by Albert Einstein back in 2012, and it helped shift everything for me. Try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. I was doing all the wrong things. I was chasing success. This quote shifted everything for me, and it planted a seed of making me think, how can I become a person of value? And I didn't even really know what it meant at the time, but it led to what I created, which was a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, Entrepreneurs on Fire, which was free, which was consistent, and which was valuable. And for the first time in my life, I was a person of value, and I was able to grow a business and find success as a result. So that's my challenge to all you great artists out there, because I want you to keep creating amazing art in this world. To do that, obviously, you've got to find a way to generate some form of revenue to keep you know food in your mouth and shelter over your head. So let me help you do that with this book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. It's a great thing. It's like thousands of dollars of coaching wrapped up in less than 30 yeah. bucks. And by the way, join Miriam's Mastermind in her coaching. I love that you're doing that. Chapter five is finding a mentor. A mentor is somebody who is currently where you want to be. And Miriam is where a lot of you people want to be right now. And so she can help you get there and bridge that gap so kind. All right, John, thanks so much for being with me here today. Tomorrow, we have on one of John's friends who is also in the book, the one and only Selena Sue. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. So make sure you're hitting that subscribe or follow button or whatever your podcast app is. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can leave me a review. We've made it so much easier for you to do it. Pop on over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash inspire. And if you pop your Instagram handle at the end, I'll even give you a shout out over on my IG stories. All right, art lover. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Until next time, stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course on shulmanart.com. 